today from the book of Genesis chapter 21 verses 1 to 21. I want to bring out two important truths about which we see there about our Christian life or our walk with God. The first truth that this passage reminds us is God's faithfulness in keeping his promises. The last sermon I preached, I preached from Genesis chapter 17, where we saw that God is a covenant-making God and a promise-keeping God. And same thing, the story continues after four chapters, 17, 18, 19, 20, with many other incidents happening, the destruction of Sodom and the, the visit of the, the three men to Abraham's tent and uh, all that. After that, here the story resumes and it talks about two things, as I said, the, that God is faithful to the promises that he made. And also, this passage tells us that he is in charge of, he is sovereign over the life, our trajectory life trajectory or how our life progress. He is completely in charge of that. The story, I need to tell the story one more time. Now, Isaac is born as God promised uh, Abraham in uh, chapter 17 and Sarah cannot put up with that uh, fact that her son is grow, has to grow up with, the, with Ishmael, who is now more than about 13 years old. And uh, he is an older boy and he bullies the boy, he, her son, and eventually she, he will inherit the father's property just to be divided into two. So that's not something that Sarah was comfortable with. So Sarah advises or even forces uh, Abraham to banish Hagar and her son from the from the house. But God intervenes and Abraham was not willing because Abraham lived with this boy for 13 years, played with him and has become so intimate, it is his own son and uh, but Abraham was not willing but God intervenes. God intervenes and tells him, wait, God, uh, Abraham, you listen to what Sarah said. You send her away, but God guaranteed that I will take her off them. I will take her off them. Don't, don't think that they are going to perish on the way. Just listen. That is the plan. And unwillingly, rather hesitantly, Abraham sends Hagar and Ishmael to, uh, to, uh, away from home. Now, there is some background to this entire story as well. If you are new to the Bible, I think it is good you listen to this or uh, so that you get a background of the whole thing. In chapter 12, verse 1, God calls him up from the distant land in Mesopotamia called a city called Ur. And from there he migrates or he starts his move. And God promised him that I have called you, I will go to the, the place that I am going to show you, the country that I am going to show you, and I will make you a multitude. 
and I'll make you a blessing. At that time, when Abraham set out on this journey, he was already 75 years old. He only lived 120 years. So you know how many, how many years were left for him. But he followed God. Then on the way, uh, he was childless and his wife, Sarah, advised him, see, why don't you go to my, uh, marry my, um, uh, you are my slave and have a child for me. That may be a rather um, unusual thing for us. Because, but it was an acceptable, acceptable culture in those days. When a woman doesn't have children, she would ask her husband to have children in her servants. It's sort of a surrogate background, which was acceptable in 19th century BC in the culture that Abraham and Sarah lived. Same thing Jacob also have done, if you read later. So it was considered to be an acceptable thing. So the child of Hagar will be considered as the child of Sarah, because Hagar is her servant. And that was arrangement. So Hagar, so Sarah thought it would be a good idea to have a child. Though it is born in a surrogate mother, like we also have that nowadays in our modern culture, you know, people bearing children for others. And though it is not widespread now. So it's a surrogate motherhood. So when Abraham was 86 years old, Ishmael was born, according to Genesis 16, 16. And after Ishmael was born and when Ishmael was almost 13 years old, in the chapter 17, God appears again to Abraham. That is the passage that we preached on in the last week. And he gives him a covenant, make a covenant with him. He says, this is the mark of the covenant. You should, anyone who is more than eight years old should observe this. And then he also said, by this time, Abraham is 99 years old. He was called, he heard God when he was 75. He had Ishmael when he was 86. And now he has a, he has a, he's given a promise that Isaac will be born at 99. And uh, now we know that when he was 100 years, year later, Abraham had his son in Sarah, the second son. First in Hagar and second. So when Abraham heard that, Abraham could not believe what, what he heard. He, and that is why in Genesis 17, verse 17, he, we have ROFL, that is rolling on the floor laughing. You know, that is our, thing, the, 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 what's that called? What's the thing that we send, isn't it? And uh, 17, 17 says, Abraham fell on the ground and laughed. So that is the modern ROFL. See, so Abraham could not believe. Moreover, Abraham told God, see, in verse 18, God, don't, don't uh, give me big, big promises. I am happy with this son called Ishmael. He said, I just want Ishmael to have good health and long life. That's all that I need. That is the story. Now, this is the background of the story. Now here we see, as I already said, two things. God fulfills his promise. The first character of God is that God is faithful in his promise. Look at verse 21, chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. 
the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. I don't know how many of you really paid attention to all the details in that verse. If you haven't, let me, or if you haven't caught some of the details, I want to bring that again to your notice. Look at the verse again. The Lord visited Sarah as he promised. That S is very important. Just as he had promised, God visited Sarah. He did not forget the promise that he had made. He did not forget. He had repeated the promise in chapter 18 also. The, the, the man who visited her and uh, when she was there and uh, Abraham gives her a sumptuous uh, dinner or lunch or meal and then they say that by this time next year Sarah will have a son. And so just as, so in chapter 17 he said and in chapter 18 he repeated the promise again a few months later or maybe a few days later or weeks later and it says that God is so faithful as he promised. Not only that, the second detail that you should, we, should, you may, we should have noticed is that Abraham, the same verse, and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which. That's important. God is very punctual. You know, that is why I insist that people of God should be punctual too. If God can be punctual, why, why can't be punctual too? Now, for God, Abraham, Sarah bore a son in his old age hmm, at the time. As he promised, at the time that he promised. That is God's faithfulness. God, if God has made a promise with us, in the last sermon I, I tried to define or contrast Promise. Promise is not a mere prediction of the trend. Promise is not simply a possibility. Promise is a firm. When God's promise is a firm promise. And here, after that chapter, we see that God's faithfulness in keeping his promise. The second observation that I have is this. When God fulfills his promises according to his faithfulness, According to his consistent character, what happens? God gives us the right reasons to laugh, to be joyful. That's the thing. Now, what do I mean by that? See, in 21.6, God has made the right, the thing that are impossible is possible. In verse 6, we read, God has made laughter for me. Sarah says, everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would have nursed children? Yet I have borne him a son in his age. This is after naming uh, her son Isaac. Isaac simply means he loves or he will love. Isaac, the word Isaac means he will love. Now, she laughs again. 
God has made her laughter for me. I can rejoice, I can be joyful, I can laugh. But because, why? Because God has made the impossible possible. God has done something that I considered, my husband considered, my neighbors considered, all of us together had a consensus that to have a child at the age of 100 is impossible. A man who will live only 20 more years. It is impossible. So I can laugh now. I can be happy now. Because he has made. Now, there is another thing also. Now, right at the point, Sarah is laughing and for the right reasons. Because they laughed earlier also. They are good in laughing. He say, I just told you, Genesis 17, 17. He was rolling on the floor. Who? Abraham. When God said, you are going to have a son. And when he was, had already celebrated 99 years, uh, but 99, the birthday, maybe three or four months back, he could not believe. So, 17, 17 says, he fell on the ground and he laughed and laughed rolled on the floor laughing. Sarah, after that event in chapter 18, verse 12, the people, uh, the, the, the guests who came to Abraham's tent, after having the lunch, <coughs> they told Sarah, look, you are going to have a child. And you know what Sarah did? Genesis 18, 12. In Genesis 18, 12, Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Sarah laughed in disbelief. The angels, the men from God could not believe her. They corrected her. They assured her, no, next, next year, by the time, this time. They, they laughed for the wrong reasons. They laughed for the wrong reasons in disbelief. Because it's not possible. But now, God has given the, the right reason to laugh. That is, because of his faithfulness. The wrong reasons in our life could be when we have self-achievement. Things that we achieve by our own efforts. When we can explain things that happen in our life as the result of natural causes. Yeah, that is how it ought to be. It's just a matter of delay. It's just a matter of this and that and all that. When we can explain things away as natural, the result of natural causes, then there is no reason to laugh. But he, the God who turns our morning into dancing, our night into dawn, he is the only person who can give us genuine, spontaneous laughter. Reason to rejoice because of his faithfulness. We have to be assured of the divine promises, which are not mere predictions, but high above than that. It is not just possibilities, natural possibilities. God's promise is much greater and nobler than that because the guarantee of what he says is he himself, the sovereign Lord, the omnipotent God, 
God who is almighty, who can do all things, who can make all things possible. He stands guaranteed. His character, his person, his essence stands guaranteed to the promises he makes. So it is not predictions that may fail. It's not possibilities that may or may not happen. When I was thinking of prediction, I, 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 I know a person, I don't know him very personally, a person who will give every Friday a report of where you should invest your stock, your money. Just 75 rupees, he will give you a printout of the, post, the, the, the portfolios or stocks which will have an upside in the next week. So, and he was making a lot of money. And um, so many people, I know some people who buy that uh, for 75 rupees on a Friday. And he will on the, on the, on the trend, on the basis of the trend, he will say, put your money here and within 30 days you can get a high dividend on it. But two weeks back, those who did that lost quite a lot of money. You know, because both indices, BSE and Nifty sank. I don't know, more than 1000 points or something like that. The, the total loss in the Bombay Stock Exchange was the investors lost 4,000 crore rupees in 24 hours. But anyway, it picked up. That's another way. <laughs> but it picked up. It will pick up. And the, as, as the people say, the economists say, whatever goes up will come, come down. And whatever comes goes down will also go up. That's what it is. What I'm saying, God's promises is not that. It is not the 75 rupees print out that you get. And it may go or may not go. If there is no uncertainties with God. Praise God. Promise realizes. You see. And here Abraham. This story in Abraham tells us that God is a covenant keeping God. is a promise fulfilling God. It's certain. It's very certain. The second truth I promise that I will speak on is on the sovereignty of God. On the trajectory of our life. What is the trajectory of our life? I'm not, I don't want to complicate the, the, the sermon using big, big, big words, but I think this is more appropriate than any other thing. A, a trajectory is an anticipated course of life events, a trajectory of life. See, when a child is born, the, children, the parents decide what education they start thinking about even before the child is born. Nowadays, I think in some cities you have to book uh, your child's uh, nursery school, uh, you under kg, what is it called, lower, lower kg uh, when you are expecting a child even. Then only you can get a place for the child when it is three and a half years old. So you start anticipating. So by within, uh, uh, I will have a child and the child when he is five or four and a half will go to a first standard and within five, another five years, uh, ten years, graduate from school and go to twelfth and then uh, will have to choose either a science stream or a arts stream and then become a doctor or an engineer or become an economist or an, mm -hmm. and all sort of things we have and whom should marry and what should be their life and all the things that we in some countries, you have to also uh, pre-order your coffin as well. I have friends who have to off, off, uh, make sure that they are buried in the same um, in the in the coffin that they have already paid for. You know, so they will come and do that also. So that up to that, you have control. 
So that's a call, the trajectory. We have a trajectory. All of us have a trajectory. All of us anticipate things happen in the particular sequence that we have hoped for. We trust that will happen. Now, in the case of Abraham, Abraham also had some trajectories in his life. The point is, God has been blessing him. You know, how many camels he had, how many donkeys he had, how many horses he had, we don't know. When he left Ur. But we know that every point God says, when you read his story, God prospered him. He had many donkeys, many uh, cattle, many this and many camels also. Later, which was a luxury in those days. And definitely, he was wealthy. He was becoming wealthy, but he was continuing childless. So, he had a dead end trajectory. Who, what will happen to my life? When I die, who will bury me? Who will own this? Who will take care of Sarah? You know, when I fight, if I'm the first person to die and Sarah has to outlive me and all those questions were there. So, Abraham had a plan. His plan was in chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, he had designated a man called Eliezer from Damascus. Maybe on his migration down, he might have bought him as a slave or he must have joined Abraham's company and Abraham thought Eliezer would inherit. So, when one day, when God came and told him um, in chapter 15, Genesis 15, verses 1 to 2, Fear not, Abraham, I am your God, shield, your reward, and shall be great. But Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer, Damascus. Now, what's the use of giving me all this wealth? I can't manage it. Why should you send me this? Because the heir of my, my all this wealth is this man called, I have designated him already, Eliezer of Damascus. So according to those customs in those days, when you give the property to a person, a slave uh, or a servant, he is bound to give this man a decent funeral. Take care of him at old age. Give him a funeral and also give his wife or relatives also care for them. And that is all the responsibilities when you give a, a, a property to that person, according to Abraham's culture in those days. So Abraham's life trajectory was this. Here I am. Now I may get sick. So Eliezer will take care of me and my wife. And then when I die, Eliezer will bury us. Give us a burial in a cave or in a tomb that we have bought somewhere. He did buy a place to bury. So he had already bought it. So his trajectory of life was like that through Eliezer. Then that nothing was happening. So then chapter 17, two chapters later in verses 17, 18, by the time Hagar, uh, uh, he had a son in Ishmael, sorry, in Hagar called Ishmael and he thought that will be his life. Ishmael will take care of him. 13 years he was dreaming. He was building all his dreams around Ishmael. Now, I don't have to have Eliezer's taking care of me. I will have Ishmael, Ishmael taking care of me. So that's what he thought. His life was centered around him. And then when God, I already read that passage. When God told him, you are going to have a son, Abraham said, God, don't worry about that. And Abraham said in Genesis 17, 18, 
Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael will live before me. That's enough. Now I know a little more. I know the course of events. Ishmael will take care of me, Elias and not Elias, uh, my own son, and Hagar and Sarah will also be taken care of me. I'm okay with that. But God said, next verse, God said, no, no, no. Your promise, son of your promise will be this person, Isaac, who will be born next year. So God was trying to say him, tell him, look, you have a trajectory of life, an anticipated course of events in the sequence that day it will come. That was your sequence. You have a trajectory already drawn out before you. A very clear trajectory, a very clean, clear course of events. But that is not what I want. I have my own trajectory. I have my own trajectory. See, many times this happens in our life. Some parents raise their children with expectation, lot of expectation. And they even say things that the children will achieve what they could not achieve in their life. Because of poverty, lack of opportunities, they could not be something that they wanted to be in their life. But they dream that their children will be what they could not be. Therefore, so we send our children for tuition classes, we send our children for music, dance and all sort of things. Why? Because we want our children what we could not be. Or even otherwise, sometimes something better for them. And we start thinking of the, the dreams about our career, what we will be, what when we retire, what will happen to us. We plan our retirement, we plan our old age, we plan the, 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 the life after retirement, dream about our children. We have all our trajectories beautifully, cleanly drawn out on a piece of paper. Maybe even a piece of paper, I'm saying. But trajectories get frustrated. All the rockets launched when in, in the early part of the ISRO, Indian Space Research Organization, were not successful. Most of them landed in the Bay of Bengal. Could not reach, because but they were learning how to do a high range, how to make a rocket reach destination. In a similar way, I have known sto stories, sad, sad stories, because children could not, they thought their children will be the engineer that they could not be. They thought their children, child will be, son will be the IAS officer that they aspired him to be. But the child dropped at age, uh, standard eight. He went out, he, he dropped out. My friend, friends I would say, a dear couple, they had their son got addicted to uh, substance, drug abuse, expelled from school. I'm talking about a Christian, uh, Christian ministers, parents were Christian ministers, expelled from school. But then still he was addicted, substance abuse. One day he ran away from home or he, he, he left home. But nobody knows whether he's alive or dead. Nobody has found his dead body. We don't know whether he's alive or not. So that trajectory that they drew for him didn't happen. What happened? Now, it's easy to blame people. But God probably, and he died 
the father died i think a year ago i think it was last week of his death anniversary it was close to me very close to me but he died looking for his son one day knocking at his door which haven't happened yet the trajectories of our life will not happen the way we want them to happen may not will not but there is a guarantee that is if we, our life is in the hands of god it the trajectory that god has planned for us will happen because he has a covenant to keep he has made a covenant so what happened here is abraham god comes and see many preachers focus on the rivalry between uh, sarah and hagar i won't that is not the point here the point is god intervenes and said abraham don't worry listen to her send hagar up i have a plan for ishmael i have already told you that in chapter 17 that both your children will become a multitude of nations because they becoming a multitude of nations and they becoming the ancestors of many kings and kingdoms is part of the blessing that i have made with you your prosperity your progeny your children your descendants will be a multitude your children will be the fountain the fountain heads of many kingdoms i have already promised so why worry about that send ishmael away so that i can work in his life too because god was demanding him god made a greater demand in the next chapter that probably we may we may look at he said no i send him away just let go don't hold on the trajectory that piece of paper crumbled paper where you drew all the trajectories of your life you know you had to redraw it three times now the third time now you first thought no trajectory then you thought elias is the so you drew a line and then you when ishmael was born you threw it away and then you took a fresh paper and on that paper you wrote another trajectory now ishmael hagar sarah and this is what will happen and now throw that also away i'm going to draw a new life for you a new life plan for you because i have a covenant with you what is my covenant with you my covenant with you chapter 17 please read that again because i already preached on that i don't want to go back to it again in chapter 17 it is i will make your children i'll make you a multitude father of many nations you know and even ishmael he will become the father of 12 tribes that's my promise to you that's a covenant now when you we i have made a covenant with you when i have made a contract with you when we have signed an agreement with 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 with, with us with you then why do you worry about it so he said send him out and now look at what god does the story shifts after verse 8 the story shifts to hagar being sent out being uh, wandering around in the wilderness of paran till the bread and the wa- the water ran out then god intervenes again in the same chapter verses 18 to 19 when the child was crying the 13 year old was helpless the 13 year old was crying for water there is no water to be found in that wilderness and yeah, let me read that and god heard the voice of the boy and the angel of the lord called to hagar 
from heaven and said to her, What troubles you have are? Fear not. For God has heard the voice of the boy here. Up! Lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And in the next verse, she finds water. Plenty of water. It is written there in verse 19. She found plenty of water. So what God does is, he is taking con take control of the trajectory of life. This is Abraham's life. This is not only uh, Ishmael's life. This is Abraham's life. This is the part of the covenant with Abraham. And then God provides. Not only that, God preserves. When we come to that next thing, in verse 21, 20, the next verse, what happened to the what happened after he had his water? And God was with the boy, Ishmael. And he grew up in that wilderness. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a life for him from the land of Egypt. And so they made their life there. So God preserved, God provided, God preserved his life. Now here the story continues that he is, he survived the thirst, he survived the, and he became an expert in archery and he got married and he had children and if you know the rest of the story, he became the ancestor of the 12 Arabian tribes in the south of that part of uh, the world, the Arabian desert or parts of the Arabian desert. And now all the Ishmaelites, the Arabs and the majority of Muslims, they are so proud that they are the descendants of Ishmael. And they say, because we are the descendants of Ishmael, because we belong to one of those 12 tribes, maybe more than that, and many, many, many multiple sub-tribes. The whole population in that wilderness of Paran and Sinai and the Arabian desert, they built kingdoms. From there, we, they, they contributed to the literature. Now, where does the Arabian Nights come from? This basic, the stories. Where does all these things come from? You know, the rich literature, rich art. Why? Because Abraham had to let go what he should not hold back. That's exactly the point. Give the trajectory to God and let him fulfill it instead of shooting your own plans up, which may just coil back on your face. Giving, then God fulfilled him, fulfilled the commandment. Here we find two truths which demands our absolute surrender. This story in Abraham's life demands our absolute surrender, surrendering, surrendering our will, what we have to be, when we have to be, totally surrendering to God, not doing anything by own, our own will, but giving supremacy to the will of God. Second is, in absolute surrender to his ways, 
the way he achieves what he want to do in our life not only a surrender to the will but to his way of doing it here's a way god says my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways they are much higher than yours in every on every count so the story the way abra god dealt with abraham there are four five characters in this story abraham and sarah had a promise fulfilled abraham ishmael there's a covenant opened opens a new avenue there a new door is opened through that the covenant branches out through one part of the covenant branches through isaac another covenant another aspect of the covenant opens through ishmael but all the order is one and that is god the creator of the universe but his means is one abraham maybe three abraham sarah and hagar it's a very complicated way of doing things isn't it but ultimately his name glorifies so we surrender ourselves our life with all the trajectories or anticipated course of life events we plan at every point a surrender to his will and his way is important you know why i tell you there are times when we think did i do the right thing did i marry the right person did i get the right education did i go to the right college did i is the work that i am doing the right work you know questions throughout our life but even when we struggle with these questions one thing that we can be sure if you have done what you have done fully surrendering to the will and the ways of god even in those times of doubt and even fear and a sense of defeat we should have the confidence that i am standing in the will of god that's the confidence of a believer that's the confidence of a disciple when times of moment but if you are not sure that the step you took at that time was not in god's will you had other human reasons to do what you did and god had no plan in that then we have no right to be confident to stand things will pass there will be difficult the trajectory of the road to heaven passes through valleys and hills and there may be as the psalm says in psalm 23 there will be valleys of shadow of death even that but there will be his staff and his road to comfort us so absolute surrender sometimes it's not easy as abraham the father of the faithful did it's not easy he had struggles he had to fight with sarah probably he had to do this he had to do that he had to do this and all that it is already going to be immense struggle but ultimately the will and the plan of the sovereign god who is faithful in his promises that wins the day praise be to god may god bless you with this word and may this produce seeds of faith and confidence in him